Now, the Three Martini Lunch with Greg Columbus and Jim Garrity. And it's Rich McFadden from Radio America in for Greg Columbus this week, along with Jim Garrity from National Review. Uh, you know, Jim, it's great to sit in here with you when we have a crazy, crazy day. The post-debate show, or the post-debate martinis, I should say, and uh, and get to kind of watch this crazy show that goes on and talk about it with you. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah, post-debate days, there's never a shortage of news. I had debated going with classifying these as all crazy. Technically, they're good, bad, and crazy, but there's there's a heavy dose of oh, crazy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, oh, there's definitely some good in here, because when you watch this, I, I, I want to say the words, but I can't say it. I'll keep it family-friendly here. When you watch this show that goes on last night, there is nothing there that can compete with Trump. Once you put Trump on that stage with any of those people, it's game over. And that's what I want to start with. That's the good martini today, is is there anybody on that stage that can actually stand up and go toe-to-toe with Trump? My guess is probably no. Um, certainly not in terms of force of personality, although maybe the third martini, I think, would be such a, you know, it's almost like a sporting event where you get a really unusual offense and a really unusual defense, and you're not exactly sure what's going to happen on that field. I think if you're a conservative, the, the good news out of last night is that these these names who you've probably forgotten already, the John Hickenloopers of the world, to a certain extent, you could probably throw in uh, Steve Bullock, the governor of Montana, Tim Ryan, the congressman from Ohio. You know, to the extent there was a, a dominant storyline of last night's debate, it was Warren and Sanders tag team against a good portion of the rest of the field. And these you know, lesser known white guys were pointing out the acknowledgement of fiscal reality. And Sanders and Warren were having none of it. And if you're right of center, you worry about deficit and debt. And I realize that stuff is very unstylish these days. You do want you you do like the idea of somebody acknowledging, oh, hey, you know, you know, this would cost a heck of a lot. And no, the taxpayers are not made of money. And no, you wouldn't be able to pay for it all through tax hikes on just big corporations and billionaires. And, uh, you know, I don't think they necessarily won the debate, but I think these guys at least did give you somebody to kind of nod in agreement to. Uh, as an alternative to the fantasy land from the Warren Sanders viewpoint. Where is the pendulum swinging right now for the Democrats? Is it way, way far left still, or are they trying to swing back towards the middle? Pretty much, uh, mostly on the far left thing. I think all of the quote-unquote moderate, and I'm using that term very loosely, yeah, thank um, you. folks are, are in Biden, and we'll see how things go tonight. If Biden, and here's the thing, if Biden has a terrible night tonight, then maybe a chunk of those Biden voters are up for grabs, and maybe the guys like, Bullock or, or somebody else might be able to grab onto a chunk of them. But up until then, you know, Biden is the biggest name. He's the most familiar brand, I suppose you could say. Just take us back to the Obama years is kind of the default position right. of the modern Democrats. These days. Do any of the Biden voters actually go to the farther left candidates or do those kind of more moderate candidates pick up his voters? I mean, do you see a Biden voter leaving Biden and saying, uh, take me over to to Bernie? See, that's the thing is that, you know, here's like one of the, you know, big chunks of Biden's base right now is African-Americans. So you might say, oh, those are folks who might be up for grabs and might go to Kamala Harris. They might go to Cory Booker uh, or they might find some other candidate who, you know, they they find themselves gravitating towards. The I I think what's kind of interesting is that Biden was kind of the default setting for a lot of these folks. Right. So far, you know, he had a fairly bad debate last month. And yet here you, know, you look at most polling, you know, the Harris bump is kind of faded about halfway and he's still atop the group, you know, and Biden, you know, for all having a bad night is a little more resilient than everybody, you know, may have expected him to. Two bad consecutive uh, debate performances, though, I do think will turn into a, a second uh, 
may, may get people rethinking their options, particularly when they realize, you know, Biden may not go up against Trump in a debate and mop the floor with them. In fact, he might just kind of look, you know, older and slower and, you know, not on the top of his game. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he uh, brings tonight and we'll get to talk about that tomorrow. Let's move on to the bad martini. All right. So listen. You get a field like this, you have 20-plus people trying to vie for the for the Democratic candidate, right? They all mm-hmm. get their 60 seconds to talk. Some of them go really crazy just to try and get some attention. Some of them try and stay more towards the middle just to try and get the, the sane vote. How in the world can you decide who you are going to like, not like, or run away from given this platform? Yeah, I, I see what CNN was trying to do. They didn't want people, you know, uh, they wanted to have more interaction between the candidates. They wanted to make sure every candidate got enough time. And I think they did a better job than MSNBC had been making sure that every candidate got a decent amount of camera time and a decent number of questions sent their way. But to be honest, you can't explain much in 60 seconds. And, and I think one of the things that struck me about the answers of so many of the candidates, with the exception of Edge is that a lot of candidates have this kind of verbal placeholder that they begin their their comments with, you know, well, I think we need to focus on the American people, you know, like, like doesn't say anything, right? (laughs) But you've just eaten up five to 10 seconds of your six second time with this meaningless blather comment. That's just kind of, kind of setting the stage for what you want to say. And then, you know, it got even more ridiculous when the questions that CNN wanted to answer or what, you know, was putting forth, look to their credit, there were fairly good questions and, designed to you know show the contrast between candidates particularly on an issue like health care having said that please explain how your health care plan would affect the benefits for union members in michigan <laughs> very tough to do in 60 seconds yeah. you know i you know what i'm in favor of multiple choice uh, answers everybody raise your hand if you agree with uh, answer a answer b i thought that when they raised their hands last time on the border question, just like when Trump refused to raise his hand for supporting the Republican candidate, those moments tell you more about all of them than any other moment. And I thought they should have just gone, if you were, really want to cut this thing down, just have everybody ask them a question, raise their hand, you in or out, and then post those pictures <laughs> all know, over the give press. Them, give them a Scantron with the SAT. <laughs> Please fill in the dots. We'll just run the tests afterwards. We'll see how everybody scored. It's interesting. So CNN has specifically said they weren't going to do no hand shows, as the great late uh, Fred Thompson once said in the 2008 one, because the idea that some of the questions are a little too nuanced. Maybe you support, you know, so Kamala Harris said she misunderstood the question. All right, so fine. But then you give them 60 seconds. I don't think you can really get, you know, it's very tough for these folks to really get into too much. When the first, you know, I'm by far the most common phrases at last night's debate were, thank you, Senator. Right. Thank you, Governor. Right. Thank you, Congressman. Right. You know, all, all of this is driven by the fact that it's very hard to have a good debate with 10 people on stage. So CNN had a long introduction. I think the first question was at 820 or so. You know, but you had it all up. It ended up being three hours up on that stage. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, you but I, I get paid. Uh, my job is to watch this, right? If it wasn't right. my job to watch this, Rich, I don't think I'd be watching it for yeah. three hours. Yeah, you got to work the bathroom breaks in there. All of today's martinis are brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. You know, hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash martini. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so that you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, listeners to Three Martini Lunch podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash martini. That's ziprecruiter.com slash martini, M-A-R-T-I-N-I. Let's face it, by this point, you should already know how to spell martini. ziprecruiter.com slash martini. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, so one of the great comments of the evening was uh, Marianne Williamson warning us about dark psychic forces. This is part of the dark underbelly of American society. The racism, the bigotry, and the entire conversation that we're having here tonight, if you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. Well, there's your uh, crazy martini of the day. Uh, How do you handle that one, Jim? Sure. Well, first of all, if I were one of the other Democratic candidates on stage, I'd be very nervous about Marion Williams because it's very easy to say, ah, you know, the the crazy crystal waver, the new age Oprah spiritual guru. (laughs) But every time she spoke, the audience applauded. And that she, particularly when she went in terms of yada, 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 the wonkiness is not going to beat Trump. Look, whatever else you think, I think that's right. You know, I don't think that technical policy details are are what's going to effectively refute Trump. I think the most of the rest of the candidates on that stage were utterly oblivious as to how, how generic they come across. And maybe Tim Ryan is a big deal in his congressional yeah. district in Ohio. But when he's up on that stage with everybody else, so wait, is he, oh, no, Hickenlooper's the guy, who's the caller? Wait, is that Michael Bennett? You know, most of these guys look and sound very similar. There right. aren't big political differences between them. There aren't big policy differences between them. And then along comes Marianne Williamson, who, of course, sounds like, you know, you can fill in the jokes. She sounds like she's high. She sounds like she's, you know, communing with the spirit world and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> but at the same time, she'll say something like the idea that the country is spiritually unwell and that all of this uh, material wealth has not made us happier people, has not made us more, uh, you know, like the, all of a sudden this stuff doesn't sound quite so crazy. And the other thing I was about, you know, on the one hand, you know, we were, she was fairly mundane um, for, for a good chunk of that, the first half, say. And then she came out with that about dark psychic forces. And everybody's kind of chuckling and everybody's saying, oh, here we go. You know, get your, yeah. your Darth Vader gifts ready. You know, you don't know the power of the dark side and all that kind of stuff. But let's think about it. What would you call hatred? What would you call racism? What would you call something that motivates that nut job shooter in uh, uh, at the garlic festival earlier right. this week, or the guy who shot up the synagogue, or terrorists who believe that you know God's telling? What else would you call that than a dark psychic force? Right? I mean, maybe this is kind of touchy feely for you, but uh, you know, I, I think she's tapping into. You know, I also think she's she has no idea what she would do as president. And I know this is not a full throated endorsement of Marianne Williamson. But it's just an observation of like she's playing a completely different game than everybody else up on that stage. And I think the other Democrats underestimate that at their peril. 
Well, and if you're looking at the uh, 40 and 50 and 60-year-old Democrats, she might be tapping into something that really they connect with. And and you're right. Nobody else really even realizes that, that they love the way that she spiritually sees this, because that's they're all hippies. And she's she's connecting with those hippies and uh, we'll see whether it doesn't but you know hey here's the deal everybody comes with their this is my headline moment this is the one comment statement that i'm going to bring tonight that's going to get me a little bit of attention tomorrow so that i still matter and maybe that was her headline statement that she threw out for the evening yeah i i think dark psychic forces uh stands out here's your three martinis of the day the good bad and crazy check in tomorrow for the uh, review of tonight's democratic debate uh until then i'm rich mcfadden from radio america along with jim garrity of national review saying uh have a healthy and happy martini today